1: players step your game up don't be sluggish or lazy or jimmy j might hit you with a shaky
0: baby catch him on youtube or any podcast platform breaking all the news
1: down like shack does the backboards no hot takes this is where the hottest debates at now kick your feet up because it's time for straight facts What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, the sports show that educates and entertains, presented by the Up On Game Presents and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Kyle Sirik, and you probably know the drill by now when I'm hosting. That means our man, Jimmy J, is not here, unfortunately. But we got our other two guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. And, fellas, we're coming off of a fun, I would say fun weekend. Saw a couple blowouts, but overall, first week of NFL playoffs was successful. And now I'm really looking at eight teams that are just all possible super bowl contenders. I mean, that's the simplest way I could put it. But before we get into that, how are we feeling? I know Jake's a little under the weather. Well, what's going on?
0: Uh I finally caught covid, and I say finally because like literally 2 to 3 times during out throughout the pandemic uh a significant, my significant other, Sarah, or a family member or someone who's close to me has gotten uh covid and i have yet to test positive this is the first time and i'm definitely feeling the effects um of the omicron uh variant but uh i think but
1: (laughs) well i mean i I think everyone kind of has a story like that or a story where just at this point you know you thought you had it like three or four times and you never did yeah you look good though you look in good spirits Mm -hmm. we're happy you could get us on or not get on the podcast ir and be here with us of course we couldn't be in studio though but you know how we get a cracking when we're home anyways. Stat Matt, real quick, how are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling good. Uh, Simply with you, Jake. I had COVID back in the beginning and definitely isn't fun, but glad like be vaxxed and boosted, and it'll most likely pass it much easier than if you're not.
1: Yep. All right. Well, you guys got the backstory on what's going on here in Straight Facts, and we got some stories heading in to this next round of the NFL playoffs. And like I said before, I think – any team can really get it done. And we're going to start with a team that a lot of people knew would be a disruption. We're going to go by game time if you're following along. So the first game of the weekend is Cincinnati at Tennessee. And to me, this is a Joe Burrow heat check game. And the, the story going into this one is like Joe Burrow could really vault himself into like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson territory in terms of NFL QB once heading into this game. If you look back, he's thrown 13 touchdowns since his last interception He's averaging 344 yards per game in that span with a 75% completion percentage, which is ridiculous, and an 131, basically, passer rating. So my question is, of course, the Tennessee is the number one seed, so can they put a stop to this run, or are we going to see Joe Burrow just as keep ascending as these playoffs go forward?
0: I think we're going to see Joe Burrow light the Tennessee defense up. Here we like go. Bad. I don't know if... I don't, I'm not saying that I definitely think, since he's going to win the game... But I am super confident that Joe Burrow is going to be able to take advantage of the uh, defensive backfield of Tennessee. 30th um, in pass attempts against teams love throwing against Tennessee and 25th most yards allowed. So there's going to be ample opportunity for Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, that entire offense to get going. And I think that 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 type of game, you would say, leans more towards Cincinnati than it does like a
1: run-oriented team like Tennessee. Sure. I also think that Tennessee has been great at controlling the pace of games, though. You look at them, they're top five in time of possession when they're on the field on offense. Of course, they are a run-dominant team, but that makes sense. But they move, they move the ball running the ball. You still got to stay on the field. And when it comes to defense, they get guys off the field quick. So, do you think that plays into the Bengals' scheme, though? Because they're a quick-hit offense as well. Do you think they're going to I mean, obviously you do. Maybe I'll ask Matt. Do you see it this way that the Bengals are going to just put up points against this Tennessee defense and it's going to come to the other side of the ball?
2: I think it's going to be kind of like a mid-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be like high scoring. I think it's going to be both teams getting the 20s. Because Tennessee is just such a strange team, especially a strange one seed. They're the worst one seed in the history of the DVOA stat, um with a negative two DVOA. Um, wow. but they seem to like play really well against good opponents and just play poor against bad opponents. Their losses this year were other than the Cardinals, they lost to the Jets, they lost to the Texans, uh, and they lost to the uh, Steelers. Actually, isn't that bad of a loss looking back? Uh, but they they've looked and they they with the one seed on the line, they almost choked to Davis Mills. Um, but uh, they were able to pull through at the end. They're just kind of just there, and they just kind of found a way to win twelve games. They're like a ten and seven. They're like a ten and seven team that accidentally went twelve and five. And okay. uh, I know they blew out the Chiefs earlier in the year, but I think that's just a that's kind of like a where everything changed for the Chiefs for the better after that game. So uh, I don't really put that much stock into like their defense holding Mahomes to three to think they'll do the same with Burrow. I, I just think these are both. This is like a wild card round game that happens to be in the division round. Both, game, both teams are pretty good, but I don't see it either as like a Super Bowl contender. And I think it's going to make for an exciting game. I definitely want to see how Burrow does again, because the Bengals offense got a little scared, it seemed, at the end of the Raiders game that almost cost them. They can't do that again against Tennessee.
1: Yeah, and so when you say... Neg or worse, one seed in terms of DVOA, you list that they're a negative two. Negative two sounds bad, but roughly how many teams have a better DVOA than negative two in the league?
2: Uh, the Titans finished 20th in DVOA this year,
1: okay? So, so, so well over half the league, but um, yeah, I mean, I think zero
2: zero is average in the NFL,
1: okay? Yeah, so no, that definitely to see a one seed. I think Burrow, I'm in agreement, I think Burrow lights it up, like you said, Jake. I mean, if you look back at guys that have had 295 yards or more in the air against the Tennessee this year, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon, and Russell Wilson. And then, of course, they're a run-heavy team. But Tannehill has only hit that 295 mark three times. Like, people look at 295, whatever, like 300, that's a good passing game. But you got to understand, Tennessee controls possession. You don't get on the field that much. So let an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow come in. Trevor Simeon's done this to you already. Zach Wilson's done this to you already. On the streak that he's on right now, I think Burrow does light it up. And Matt says it's going to be a mid-range 20-ish, 20-ish game. I could see that. We're going to hit on that a little later. But I don't want to fully disrespect this Cincinnati team, right? Or this Tennessee team, sorry. I mean, they still have something going for them. One. We know it's the wrong game who they've been able to fill in anyone to that role and get it done. We're hearing murmurs that Derrick Henry might play. I know he's a full go in practice right now. We'll see that in the end. But where is Tennessee's, I mean, they're favorites, right? So where is Tennessee's win condition? How do they go through and win this game at home on Saturday? They get the ball first. That would help a lot. <laughs> get the <laughs> ball first, hold
0: it, and score. And then you, you set yourself down the correct path, as we talk about, like game script and then, you can, then that really allows them to uh, kind of hedge their bet against the pass. If you're up in the game, you know that uh, there's not going to be as much play action. There's not going to be as much run setting up the pass, especially as the game goes on. Uh, another advantage, which I think we kind of saw play out in the Dallas game, as we made mention to in the X factors uh, a couple weeks ago, Coaching matters in the playoffs, and, and frankly, I think you could make the argument that Tennessee has the best coach in the playoffs remaining, Mike Vrabel this year, Coach mm-hmm. of the Year for what he's done with this team, and you're going up against a guy who is in his first postseason uh, as a head coach. So, you know, it's not it's not like they make or break the game, right. but they definitely can break it, as we saw with the play call at the end of the Dallas game
1: yeah I, I i agree with that maybe not Vrabel being the best coach but if we're taking this one year sample size i i definitely definitely see the argument there um i i think the run game though deceptively going against the stats really works against cincinnati though just from what i've seen i know they've only allowed the fifth least rushing yards in the league but that's on the fifth least attempts right bengals have gotten in a lot of shootouts if you look yards per rushing attempt they're middle of the pack defense so i think a run-heavy team like Tennessee can get that done. I I, I mean, we're still seeing a lot of – there's a playmakers on that offense, right? A.J. Brown is incredibly good. Julio Jones has been known to catch balls at the right time, especially when it comes to the playoffs. And Ryan Tannehill, as much as we want to talk about Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, as we did Matt's deep dive about, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. So so do you think – how about this? If this game does have to go to shootout route, do we see any shot for Tennessee? I mean, they've
0: traded blows before. Like they they went blow for blow with uh, Buffalo. I think earlier in the year they beat them thirty four to thirty one. Granted, uh, that's when they were at full strength. And as you mentioned, maybe Derrick Henry is back. But right, I, I would say yes, they can win. They still have great weapons even in the passing attack, but it, it definitely, that is the preferred route for Cincinnati, I would say. Right.
2: Also we have to remember that shootouts can involve defensive touchdowns too. Um, So just remember that Rams chiefs game from like three years ago, there was like three defensive touchdowns in that 54 51 game. And with how poor the Bengals offensive line is, I could definitely see like Bud Dupree getting like a strip sack that leads to a touchdown for Tennessee. So I, I, as much as I think Burrow is fantastic and their offense is fantastic, the there's always the asterisk of oh yeah they're O line oh yeah they're O line because exactly. that's never going to go away, and eventually that will come up to because I'm they they you can't win a Super Bowl with an offensive line this poor, and Tennessee isn't like this stalwart like pass rushing team, but they're decent, and that th- it could finally be the week that they are where they were that kind of ends for them because it's a it, it, it's a losing battle when every single play Burrow is running for his life.
1: Right, and yeah. and I, I think the Bengals are going to find themselves in the game if the game script I think happens, where they're going to have to throw the ball because Tennessee is also very good against the run. They've allowed the second least rushing yards on the entire season. Um, couple that with their offense; they're at basically a thousand more rushing yards on offense than they've allowed on defense. So. I just want to give them the respect here. I want to hear some picks, though. I I think I know where Jake's leaning, so we'll start with you. Who's winning this game, Jake?
0: I guess I have to take Cincinnati. I I was like, as we've been talking about it, I feel like I've kind of talked myself into Cincinnati, where when I saw the opening line of minus three and a half, I was actually considering betting on Tennessee. So uh, I'm going to pick Cincinnati, but I don't feel good about it.
2: (laughs) Matt? Cincinnati, but barely. I love the... I love it. We'll get to the best bets, but I love I love the line a lot more than the straight up. All
1: right. Uh, I, see, I got to be different than you guys here, and not just for the sake of being different. I did my NFL playoff bracket, and I've only been wrong on one so far, and that's me being a homer. If you see my hat, I got the bird's hat on. And in the second round, I did have Tennessee beating the Bengals, and I truly believe it's going to happen. I mean, we talk about them being the most disrespected one seed, uh, maybe being the most undeserving one seed, but... Bengals still have the problem that that I've seen all season seasons, the O-line. I still think they're a little too young. And I think now that they're getting a solid defense, a team that's given up less than three or three or less points in two of their last five games, I don't think it stops Joe Burrow. But I think to a sense, it makes this game very competitive. And I'm going to take the team that's done it before. Been to the AFC Championship two two years ago, right? I mean, I, I like Titans here. Maybe not the spread. I, I do agree with you, Matt, that, that three and a half, especially getting that half-point kicker, but I got to go Tennessee. But we'll, we'll move forward to the Saturday night game, and that's the 49ers at the Packers. We talked about one team being a disruptor in the playoffs. at Cincinnati, and I think people were looking at the other team that could do it who's already done it, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. And so we can just get right into it. I, I think the narrative going into this one was – is that wild card win against the Cowboys, was, was that a fluke? Because now they're going against a team who people think is the best team in the NFL.
2: It wasn't a fluke. They're very good, but they really almost choked that game so horribly. And they got lucky that they were against a team that choked it just a little more. The, the, the cowardice of Shanahan on not going for those fourth and ones when they're running on Dallas all game long. Uh, Jimmy G missing a wide open, Brandon Ayuk, and then throwing a horrible pick. This team is just, it's it's not a team that can survive. You can't survive those mistakes when you're playing Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. You can survive it when you're playing a perennial choker. But there was a point at the end of that Cowboys-Niners game where you knew that whoever lost this game their fan base is just going to go like nuts and how they choked it. And the 49ers are just lucky that they're on the other side of the coin. They cannot, they weren't lucky to win, but it's a style, but they can't do that again and win on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I like having Jimmy G as your quarterback is just like holding the ticking time bomb. I don't like, I really, and it's funny because of what I'm going to be talking about in my best, in the best bet segment, which we'll save for that segment. But like, I just think that, as you said, Matt. Like ultimately, when especially now that you're playing Green Bay, who in my opinion is best or tied for the best, depending on how you look at it, team in the NFC. Obviously, they are the number one seed, but um, you, you just you know, with Aaron Rodgers standing across from you, you cannot make mistakes that he has made uh, persistently. So that being said, I do I don't think it was a fluke, and I do think they're going to give the Packers a tough
1: game. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely agree the game was not a fluke. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, first of all, has been having a good season. I I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but he might start to linger into my, you know, decent to good quarterback range because I truly did not have him close to that range going into this season. And I I think he's getting it done. What I will say, though, before we get to the Packers side of the game is. Here's a take.
2: Here's what he's what Jared Goff used to be
0: i yeah I don't even know if he's that like I like Jared Goff led a team to the Super
2: Bowl so I, did Jimmy G I guess he did I guess he did it's, yeah, he did but, like I don't know no, I actually think he's slightly better than that I he mean did, like both, four passes in the NFC title game yeah he,
0: he it well he was not the reason Their run game and defense were the reason right.
2: but
1: right and, but that's gotten there before and that's kind of what this team still is and now you add an extra playmaker and Debo Samuel and maybe a little less production from George Kittle but the San Fran structurally is made the same way, right? And I just want to give one stat before we get to the Packers side that I found very interesting um, and really could, could play out in this game. We'll see what happens. But the 49ers are ranked first in the league in red zone efficiency in terms of touchdowns. They score a touchdown 67% of the time they get into the red zone. Best in the league. Look on the flip side, Packers defense in the red zone. They're 30th in red zone defense, and they allow it 67% of the time, a touchdown. So I, I think, I'm, I'm not sure how much this plays. Uh, the Packers also have like some of the least attempts, red zone attempts for as a defense, but it's still over 40 times that this stat is. So I think the sample size is slightly large enough. But if the 49ers can move the ball down the field, right? If, if they, another team like Tennessee, we just talked about, who can control the pace of the game, now much harder against Aaron Rodgers, but can take a lot of time off in possessions the way they like to run the ball. If that becomes successful and they find themselves down there, and they know how to score, and the defense doesn't necessarily know how to stop people in the red zone, we could see this game a lot tighter than people see, right?
2: Yep, for sure, Honestly, for sure. The I we'll get to the best bets because I I don't have it, but I understand your what you're talking about. DVOA actually really loves San Francisco. Uh, they have San Francisco as the sixth best team in the. Um, in the league they have dream bay actually ninth um they really like the fact that how they've played it's especially in weighted dvoa which uh basically takes in account like the most recent games you have played they're they're up the fourth so they're really coming on strong i i it just comes down to me you can't i don't trust jimmy g in a road playoff game at lambeau fair fair
0: yeah and Uh, To that point, Kyle, that you made about the red zone efficiency, what that tells me is the Packers cannot afford, granted, when can you ever afford this, but the Packers really can't afford to lose the turnover battle. If you allow San Fran to have more possessions than you, A, they're going to be able to uh, possess the ball and use that run game, burn clock, control the game. And then B, when they do get into the red zone, you're giving them ample opportunity to punch it in. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I think the Packers are going to win, but I I'm with DVOA man. I really like the Niners in this one. Yeah.
1: And I also uh, think that Debo Samuel, um, no one's really been able, the way they use him is insane. Now they have Eli Mitchell still getting 20 touches a game and Debo still having an immense impact on the game and not even being forced the ball anymore, which I think huge. And we haven't really seen him get stopped. We saw that little transition period in their offense where he went from a pure receiver to working into the run game, getting a little less touches. But I'm not sure the Packers can stop him either. I, I, I mean, he's been a just, I guess, icon of efficiency right now in the league for this offense. And I, I don't really think that stops. But we can get to the Packers side. And is, is it finally time? Is is this the coronation of the Matt LaFleur Packers? Because I know they've been here before, right? And it's normally actually been the NFC Championship the next round when, when the stuff starts to fall apart for the Packers. But they're coming in as good as you can come in. They're 7-0 and when Devontae Adams gets 100 or more yards. Aaron Rodgers has 20 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the last seven games, and he's not official, but Jair Alexander, arguably the best player on that defense, is expected to return on Saturday's game. So this team's coming in healthy. They're coming in on a role we haven't seen really any other team be on this course of the season. I know they lost to the Lions in their last week when they didn't play anyone the last three quarters. We don't have to look at that. Is this the Packers' time to go? Like, like we talk about the 49ers having a shot, but I think we're still all leaning Packers. Why is that? Like, how good is this team?
0: Well, they are obviously the number one record, but what has really stuck out to me uh, this entire year about Green Bay and something that I think is really underrated about their team uh, is A, their defense, and then specifically about their defense, where they funnel the ball to. Uh, I don't have the stat up in front of me, but I know their average depth of target is one of the shortest in the league. Uh, and that allows all their guys to rush to the ball. They're going to have that bolstered with Jair Ag- Alexander coming back. So, um, and then obviously on the other side, you have Aaron Rodgers, which is great. But yeah, uh, an- another, let me see if I can find the average depth of target. While you are you talking about are, depth
2: of target excuse- for San Francisco? Is it? No, it's a, Jimmy G actually has the highest uh, yards per completion in the NFL. I w-
0: no, I was saying, I thought that I read the Green Bay defense has one of the shortest average depth okay. of targets in the league. I'm trying to find it, so maybe maybe I made that up.
2: Well, <laughs> very I, possible. I,
1: I know that uh, basically... It's a very the, specific stat to make up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah J- Jimmy G, they go deep with Jimmy G a lot, so Debo right. and everything, so... So uh,
1: that'll be a
0: clash of styles, mm-hmm. at least, right there. Um, but I, I just... This is. This seems like the year that Aaron Rodgers votes himself back into. As we as we talked about, if he's able to like take down Brady in this next round, and uh, you know who knows, there, there's a lot of game left to be played between now and then. But um, I don't know. He's, it, this
2: he's not the year. MVP yet, but he is the MVP right. because the same people who vote for All Pro vote for MVP, and he was named first team All Pro.
1: Back to back on him,
2: he's going back to back on him. I well there was one year. The-
1: there was one year when they got that wrong. Where the all pro and the MVP were two different. I think it was like Joe Montana or someone going way back. But uh, way you are bad. right. It was, it
2: was 87. Montana's yeah. first team all pro, LOL's MVP.
1: Correct. Yeah. But you know, you're right. That's pretty much MVP. What, what I'll say about the Packers is, and this will be an interesting clash of style talking about how good San Francisco is, they've scored 30 points in six of the last seven games. They have the most, probably the most dominant offense in the league. I, I think KC is in that conversation now. Just if you look at recent performance. Um, how does San Fran stop them, and do they stop them?
2: I, I really think that it's not about stopping Rodgers. It's just about containing him. So you need to – I think you can do a lot of sweet plays to um, a Debo. You do a lot of runs. I think you just kind of keep the ball on the ground and uh, hope Bosa makes some noise because uh, the Packers' O-line is decent. It's not great. Um, Rodgers is known in his career to take a lot of sacks. But uh, 49ers this year, when uh, Nick Bosa doesn't have at least half a sack, they don't have a win. So Mm. him getting pressure and him recovering from the concussion is absolutely crucial for them having a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, that's tough. And Rodgers has only taken 30 sacks on the year, so that's less than two a game. (laughs) So that could be that could be hard. We'll move I, on.
0: Uh, I, I found the average oh, depth of it. target. I was incorrect. <laughs> they're actually they're actually one of the worst. I think I may have been looking pulling stats for the Eagles, who are the best in the league, and and conflated that in my mind. But just wanted to clear that one up.
2: Uh, some devil's advocate anti-Packers stuff is that they really aren't as dominant as kind of their perception is. Just a couple weeks ago, they got bailed out by a missed pass interference call against the Browns. And they were a two-point conversion attempt away from losing to Baltimore with Tyler Huntley. So they're not like this infallible, like dominant team, like kind of their perception is. It would not be the, this perception they're like the clear favorite. And it is just, I think, a want for like the sports media to have a clear favorite. When in reality, this, like we said all year, there's no real clear favorite. There hasn't been a clear favorite this entire season. Right. kind of been a crapshoot of a season.
1: And that's been the best part about the whole season. Like, wh- why does someone want to pick a clear favorite? Like, I, I, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, this has been, like, to me, the most fun NFL season we've had in a, maybe not a long time, but in a couple years at least. I mean, so I don't think you have to pick a clear favorite. Talking about picking, though, is anyone picking against this quote-unquote clear favorite?
2: I got Packers. Matt? I got Packers. I can't pick right. Jimmy G.
1: I can't pick Jimmy G. All right, well, we'll see that play out on Saturday night. I, of course, have the Packers, too. And I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl, which bit me in the butt last year. But, you know, you got to go for it twice before you give up.
2: We'll move on to... Or don't sun- kick a field goal when you're down eight at the three-yard line. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I'm, luckily, I'm not a Packers fan. Yeah. That one would hurt. That, that just hurt my <laughs> predictions. But
2: yeah.
1: we'll move forward to Sunday to the team that, you know, did beat the team I'm a fan of. That's the Buccaneers. That game's going to be 3 o'clock Eastern time. On Sunday and they got the Rams and and this is really a, you know, powerhouse matchup. I mean, I mean, really both games on Sunday are, but we got to start with this one Rams at Bucks. We see the Rams really dominate on Monday night as bad as Kyler Murray looked. They weren't going to lose that game. And it, really the same thing for the Buccaneers, right? As bad as Jalen Hurts looked, they really weren't going to lose that game to the Eagles, so going into it, Matthew Stafford, is is, is he going to take that leap? Is he going to change people's perception of him with a win, or we're seeing a Buccaneers showdown here?
2: Buccaneers win. The Rams, I know they've won. They're like, their record recently is really good, and they dominated Arizona. But people are forgetting how shaky Stafford was down the stretch. Like we right? said in the preview before the game, uh, uh, James and uh, – Matt V and I were basically like, this is a matchup between two teams that someone has to win because they're, they kind of are lucky they're playing each other because they've been struggling. The Rams are another team that would have lost to the uh, Ravens, but a missed two point conversion. Uh, the Stafford was missing throws all over the place. They choked the chance to uh, win the division against uh, San Francisco only to have their luck. Ha- go their way because Arizona also choked. Uh, the th- I really just don't trust this Rams team when they're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, as James would have uh, started the segment as the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> right. Um, and there's some like stats that favor the Rams. Rams are uh, fourth in DVOA to Tampa's three, um, and Odell Beckham's looking like he's coming on and. I might be bitter about my prediction being wrong about that a little bit, but I'd rather the Rams win, but I really think the Bucs kind of win this cleanly.
1: All right. I want to, before you go, Jake. I want to push back on that just a little bit though. Cause I do agree with you, Matt, the Rams are coming in a little shaky. Matthew Stafford. We talked about it. Um, me and James talked about it. I think on the big board, what's coming in with basically his three worst performances on the year, seven interceptions statistically seven interceptions in the last three games of the year. Really? You go back even further. The Rams, limping through these games but they still won five out of the last six games of the year and the only loss was that last one the san fran in overtime so i agree that you know Stafford doesn't look as good maybe the rams don't look as good but they were still winning football games do we think the bucks are that dominant to where that that doesn't matter because i i mean i think the rams are still a great team on paper and just getting it done in recent stretch
2: uh, just for me, their wins didn't impress me. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, um, a mediocre Vikings team, a uh, mediocre Seattle team, uh, an Arizona team that was falling up, beginning to fall apart. They blew out Jacksonville, which everyone does. Those are those wins down the stretch, right? Um, so, and then before that, they lost uh, Tennessee, San Fran, and Green Bay in a row. Um, their most impressive win, obviously, is then blowing out tampa i know it was a 10 point game but it was a blowout but that was yeah. again very beginning of the season september game yeah and if you actually look at the history of sean McVay quarterback so that's golf and now um stafford is that they peak around week eight and then they teeter out the rest of the season and stafford i think is just another example of that where they're never bad except like the <laughs> end of golf but like they're always just like not quite there and tampa's defense is very good and i i just think that they're just they're just they're clearly the favorite to me they have a better quarterback they i trust their defense more i trust their coach more i trust everything that the rams do other than like wide receiver depth i trust um i i I like tampa bay a little bit more let me let me cut it just like a a it's an a minus team versus a B team that are all good in the same qualities. Let
0: me ask you, Matt, talking about things that we trust. Do you trust uh, a man with an injured back to stop arguably the best defensive, one of the best defensive linemen of all time in Aaron Donald, that being Ryan Jensen injured back? You have Tristan Wirfs on the right side working through what looked to be, I think a knee or ankle injury going I up think against- it was ankle. Yep. They'll put Von Miller over him. Uh, I think that, that, like, And we saw, like, we I know we all watched that Eagles game, unfortunately. <sighs> Sadly. Uh, the only time the Eagles really had any success on defense was when they were getting after Brady with their front four. And that that's a formula that holds true no matter who the Buccaneers play. And I think the Rams are going to have a really good chance at doing that. Another thing that we saw with the Rams and why I like them going into this game is that they now have a bit of an explosive running game. Back with Cam Akers, and I do mean explosive. Like the dude runs angry, hard, uh, and he he, he had 95 yards in the game. I think that while they won't rely on the run game against Tampa Bay, being able to go to it and and getting chunk plays from it is a huge plus. uh, Especially when you're Matt Stafford and you can now work off play action with some actual credibility. Uh, I it's really tough for me to pick pick against Tampa Bay. Um I was talking with Kyle before the show the fact that I have a Rams Super Bowl ticket a 15 to 1 Super Bowl ticket uh, on the Rams that I'm riding is also factoring into my decision a little One bit One thing
1: about Jake is he's always going to ride his bets before his heart
0: <laughs> Before my brain yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Um I don't know his I it's gut. definitely yeah. it's definitely going to be a fun matchup but this is the type of game that that Brady usually takes
1: care of. How crazy is it, too, that Cam Akers came back from a torn Achilles in six months?
0: Yeah, it's freaky. That's Adrian Peterson stuff. Only yeah. other person I've seen do something like that. That, it,
1: uh, yeah. And then he comes back and looks great. Four, yeah. He had that, what, 40-yard catch. He was running the ball well in the first half, and then kind of second half he, was whatever. But And he could have had, if Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford missed him by like half a yard
0: behind him. He had a wheel route that was going to be a touchdown that Stafford just missed.
1: Right. So, and with Sony Michelle back there too, we, like we've seen this one man backfield all year. First Henderson, and then him and Michelle kinda. But then he got hurt and pretty much been Michelle since. Now you have two weapons back there because I like Sony Michelle too. I and Matt brought up Odell Beckham. So so I I think this game one I'm still a little down on the Bucks. I think last year they they did sh- or last week they did show me that you know don't be down on this. first of all this defense is fine not as good as it was last year going into the playoffs but we're back now that we're in the playoffs and of course they have tom brady but they've
2: allowed one 100 um one quarterback to have 100 plus passer rating since week five and the of quarterback course. they allowed is kind of funny who was it taylor heineke <laughs> oh
1: yeah they lost that game yeah <laughs> if you let me think about that i would have that is funny though Because then Heineke comes out two two weeks later and has like the worst performance of all time against Dallas. He (laughs) owns them,
0: man. He really does. Heineke is the bane of Tampa Bay.
2: Right. And then regular season (laughs) Saints. Yeah. So to the Tampa Bay side, Jake
1: brought up an interesting interesting point here. That O-line. Jensen a little hurt. Worfs a little hurt. Going up against a way better. Maybe not way better defense than the Eagles, but certainly better than what the Eagles put on dangerous for sure put on the field last week, right? Are are we like thinking the Rams are stopping this offense like good or like well? Or like are we getting stopped out of the Rams D here and this is gonna be the Rams game to win? Or are we just having it Brady's just gonna do the Brady stuff?
0: I I think that the Rams maybe I'm overrating the Rams defense just because of the names on it. Yeah, but They've (laughs) underperformed, certainly. I really do think, like, I could see, like, if you were to tell me, like, hey, I saw the future, Mike Evans gets shut down and the D-line of the Rams dominates, like, that is very plausible to happen. And then if that does happen, you're left with relying on Rob Gronkowski and uh, your run game, which, you know, I I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they
2: should be coming back, so. Right. And that that could change things.
0: It could. He's he's definitely better than what they have. And honestly, it's not like you can ever shut that. It's not like Brady's going to stare down Mike Evans. Mike Evans might get shut down and they could still score 30 points. So I I don't know. I think I I am going to trust the Rams defense and the star star names uh, heading into
1: this one. Right. What I will say is I was very surprised at uh, like not that the Bucks won, obviously, but last week how the Eagles were getting no pressure on Tom Brady. And and I know Brady gets the ball out quick, but the they, once
2: they went down seventeen nothing. We started to get some pressure, but it was too little. You're too down seventeen
1: nothing. I mean, you're down seventeen nothing, and you injured two guys. But right. but <laughs> That's just why? Just in general, though, that like a good D line, and I'm not worried that the Rams won't be able to do that. I'll, I'll take Aaron Donald being able to do that in any game of his entire career. But everything else could break down around him. And if Brady has enough time to sit in that pocket like he did last week, the game could look a lot like last week. But let's get into picks. Um, Jake, I feel like I know who you got. but I got Rams, man. I got to go. I ha- I have to, unfortunately, go How Rams. Much, break down your decision-making here, uh, percentage-wise. How much is the bet? How much is your brain?
0: It's like 75-25 brain versus brain being 75, bet oh. being like 25. So, right. like, so
1: he believes it. He believes it.
0: Yeah, I believe it. But like... I'm not going to be flabbergasted if the if they get blasted by the bucks like it could happen
1: Matt what do you got
2: I got the I got the bucks
1: okay this is the toughest game to pick for me um but I think I have to stick with the bracket even though the bracket said Eagles beating the Buccaneers but obviously if you stick with the bracket that means the Buccaneers can't make the NFC championship game and the team I did have in the NFC championship wow. game was the Rams now Jake gives a 75 25 percent split brain to bet I'm giving like a 40-60% split brain to what I have in my bracket. But I think it's a tightly, tightly contested game. And probably another tightly contested game. The rematch of the AFC Championship last year will be the last game on Sunday at 6.30. Chiefs won that, if you remember, 38-24. to 24. Bills went out to, I think, a 12 nothing lead. It was 21-12 by half, and that game was a wrap at that point. Is this game the real AFC Championship this year, though?
2: Yes. These are the two best teams in the conference, I think, by far. I think the winner of this game will should be at least a seven point favorite over either the Bengals or the Titans in the next round. Although the Titans would be home, so that'll be kind of tough. But right, um, I really the bill the Bills are playing such great football ever since that first half against Tampa. They've been just lighting it up the Chiefs ever since. They've won nine of their last ten, and they're they've won the AFC of the last two years, going for three in a row now. Um, it's it's really it's the game I'm the most excited for because oh, yeah. they're they match up so well against each other. The Bills have the best pass defense in the NFL with just corner after corner after corner with different skill sets and the Chiefs of Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And it's just strength against strength on every side of the ball. And I'm I'm just so, I really just think these are clearly, like anything can happen in an NFL game. And obviously either the Titans or Bengals could make the Super Bowl because it's a one-off game. But to me, it's clear that these are the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, I I agree with
1: you. Yeah, I agree, and and then they both put up just straight clownings last week. The Chiefs were pulling out plays that felt like they were making up ten minutes before, and it's like you want to try this one next time. You want to you want to try this Travis Kelsey touchdown patch? You want to try uh, this? Big Tra- Travis touchdown? probably
2: like went up to Andy's like, "Hey, my mom made it. Can I throw a touchdown?" And he was like, "Sure."
1: Yeah, like, why not? Because we can. And then the Bills <laughs> with another all-time clowning on the Patriots to really put that game away in the beginning of the second quarter. Dawson Knox gets two touchdowns and. Who had the other two? Singletary, and that game was a wrap in the first half. But they I had a literal
2: perfect offensive game. They scored a touchdown mm-hmm. every possession. Wow. I yeah, didn't so, even know that. Uh until the knee d- kneel down at the end. The, every see, single possession they scored a touchdown. Count. They're, the, count. they're the first team <laughs> in NFL history to not have a punt, field goal, or turnover, and only touchdowns in, in a game.
0: That means in they're due for, due Any for regression. Wow. That's what that means. They're due, due for, for regression. All right, let me hear. Now, it. Actually, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But uh, I do think I agree with the strength on strength. The one, the hole in the Death Star for Kansas City is going to be their running uh, defense because it's not very good. And the Bills um, have been more and more predicated on the run game. Singletary over the past couple of weeks has really get gotten going.
1: The looks last, good too.
0: Yeah, he looks great. Last game, uh, 16 carries for 81 yards. Josh Allen six carries for 66 yards. Uh, they were able to run the ball effectively against New England. And I think if you look over now and, and compare and contrast with Kansas City, the Chiefs allowed the 21st most rushing yards this year, uh, and that I think is on like the seventh, seventh least attempts, I believe. Um, I'll have to check that for the Bills. For- yeah. Or no, for Kansas city allows 4.8 yards per carry. Yeah. So they, they have a very porous run defense. Granted teams haven't really been able to run on them because of game script, obviously. So, yeah. uh, you look on Buffalo side as well. They have law lo- every time that they have rushed for under 100 yards as a team this year, they've lost their own four in those games and in those games and three out of those four games, they've scored less than 15 points. So I, I foresee a similar game plan that they had uh, last game against New England and really try and pound the rock and control the game against Kansas City.
1: Right, and, and I like that Matt brought up the Buffalo Bills defense because this is something that I feel like has been a little slept on because that's not the first thought about this team. But you can just talk about the defense. and I mean, they've allowed the least amount of points in the league this year. right? They're, they're the best against the pass in the league. Almost 1,500 more passing yards on offense than they've allowed. They've allowed the least amount of touchdowns, at least amount of net yards per attempt. I mean, their defense has been tremendous, and you can go through that. Not even mention the offense, and you're looking at an AFC contender. And then on the flip side, you have a maybe generational talent in Josh Allen, the guy who led the league in receiving yards last year, and Stephon Diggs. Weapons around them that can get busy. Dawson Knox can catch touchdowns. Emmanuel Sanders has had big games. Cole Beasley's a model of consistency. So, so I, I, I mean, to me. Clearly, this is the AFC Championship game. And, and to me, the Bills have a good shot of winning this one,
2: right? Oh, yeah, yeah. they definitely have a good shot at winning. For sure. Uh, they, they blew out the Chiefs in the regular season. I know that was early on, but they really made Mahomes kind of flustered. Josh Allen had like 50, was 15 of 26, but he still threw for like 350 yards. They shredded that Chiefs defense, whose bags is turned around. And I do think it'll come down to whether Josh Allen can be the good Josh Allen and not the bad Josh Allen. Josh Allen threw 15 picks in their regular season, uh, tied for third most in the NFL, and the Chiefs have 18 takeaways in their last eight games. So if Allen can stay turnover free, I think the Bills win.
0: I I was going to say, Matt, I think he's past this, but... The chances of him throwing the ball backwards over his head are low, but never zero. Never zero with Josh Allen. We've seen it before. I think he's passed it now. Um, and I actually, this is one of my best bets in the game,
1: which we will talk about in a little bit. Word. All right. Well, I want to get into a prediction for this one for sure. And I, I kind of want to give a score with this one. Let's give a prediction and a score because this is a fun one. Jake. Uh, this is going to give away, I think a little bit the best bet, but I have, I have Buffalo. No,
0: it's okay. (laughs) I have Buffalo and, um, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. So I'm going to have to say something like 21 to 14, uh, 28 to 14. Yeah. I, I see this being a lower scoring game,
2: Matt. I got Kansas city 27 to 24
1: okay and the reason i wanted to bring up the score is because i want this game to shoot out so badly how fun would that be Patrick Mahomes, josh allen sunday night shootout going to the asc championship i i do hear what you're saying though i mean we've talked about the bills defense being good we've talked about a struggling chiefs offense become really a top 15 offense in the league over the past eight to ten weeks um I, i'm gonna take KC. um it I, I don't know. This is the one I'm least confident about, to be honest, out of all these games. It's be the most I, fun game. In my yeah, opinion. I, I'm more confident about the Rams over the Bucks, even though not much confidence there. So I'm going to go KC 28, 24. And uh, I think we're in agreement with you, Jake, but we'll get that t- to that later. Um, but one thing I do want to know, heading into the second segment here, this will be a short segment, but without James here, of course we have our three residential Eagles fans here at the straight facts podcast. We lost two, our Bucks fan who's not with us today. So we can talk about it. We lost. We don't have to talk about the game, but I want to talk now that we have no dog in this fight. What team are we pushing for in these NFL playoffs?
0: It's, it's interesting because really for the first time, aside from the Buccaneers, I think I can make a case like to root for like a reason why I would root for every single team in the playoffs.
1: Um, not not yeah. because James is a Buccaneers fan. You can't root for them. <laughs> <It's like laughs> There's be- actually one your best a lot friends of in the whole world. There's you can't a, root for <laughs> I
0: Well, OK, so I get no like, no, I can't like knowing <laughs> what he's going to do if they were to win another Super Bowl, like the way he would be able to talk about his team, Tom Brady, all of that combined, I'm going to have to cross off the Bucks. But I like, like we said, it's going to like officially, if I had to go on the record for one team, it would be the Rams. Right. Uh, low key also really would like to see Buffalo get a championship after the four falls of Buffalo um, would be, it would be a good, a good closure for them.
2: I like it, Matt. Who are you pulling for? I like Cincy. I, I think Burrow is so fun. Um, I love T Higgins. Uh, and it, it, Cincinnati is an underrated suffering franchise. They haven't won a Super Bowl either. They've lost two to Buffalo's four. They actually played in a really exciting AFC title game in 88. And the it, they're, they're just, I really think they're just one of the more fun teams in the NFL in all aspects. So I, I think since basically the entire AFC, I'd be happy with winning. Right. Yeah,
1: I see that too. Um, for me, obviously, I'm going to pull for the Packers. Got to be right one out of two times. Didn't work out for me last year, as I said. But to be honest, like if it's not the Packers, I would kind of want them to get beat this week because the team I'd really want to pull for is the 49ers. I-, I mean, I think they're a really fun team. I agree with you on Cincy and on Buffalo, actually. If I had the power rank them, I think I might just talked about my top four, but the Packers in there. But so I'm going to pull Packers, but really the winner of that game is who i'm really pulling for the packers or the 49ers i think would be a lot of fun but let's go to the third segment where i'm gonna wear my crown on this one (laughs) that's best bets if you caught us uh we're doing it on the show this time i think we're going to do that going forward but us three are doing a best bet segment very similar to what me and matt did on instagram last year if you were following along make our picks uh against the spread over under prop bets, whatever you want keep track of it and we're gonna have a winner at the end and only one of us went three and zero in the wild card round and that was me that was, that was me I'm, I'm gonna hold this one because matt <laughs> beat me a lot last year so i need to he's I, parading I to take, it around yeah. i need to take these wins when i can get them but uh <laughs> what i will say is i'm not as confident this week but i am still confident in my pick so we can get right into it i'll go first um my best bet was a tough one to choose because I really like all three of these bets equally. So if you're only choosing one, uh, choose which one you like here. If you're tailing me, don't choose just this one because I said the best. But I think my best is a Kelsey anytime touchdown in this Kansas City Buffalo game. It's minus 110. So you're just getting basically flat odds. You give the book the juice. But if you look at it, he had two or he had one in the regular season matchup this year. He had two in the AFC championship game against the Bills last year and two in their regular season matchup last year. So not only is that five and three games, but that's also one every game. I think minus one ten is good odds. If you have to choose someone who's going to score a touchdown on KC, I think Kelsey is the best bet. Uh, does it feel chalky? Maybe a little bit, but honestly, TD scores people like to just take wild shots for good odds, and I think this is a good steady bet with uh, Travis Kelsey anytime. It,
0: it's crazy. His I was going to say like oh like maybe it would make sense to bet um, him to score two touchdowns if once you were reading off those stats. He's like plus 490 to score two touchdowns. He's the likeliest player. I'm not touching it at that odds, but I do like, I think it's like a given um,
1: that he gets in in this one. So, Sorry. Right. I'm not going to say it's a given because no bet's a given, but I think he has great odds. And to give I'm basically... Trying to
0: g- I, dude, I can't have you go perfect 3-0 and again. I got to go a little jinx here.
1: And gotta, to give, Yeah, right. Well, to, to give basically no juice, just a minus 110 is a straight bet. I'll take a Kelsey touchdown. My next bet's going to be Bengals-Titans over. And I know we talked about how Tennessee likes to control the pace of the game, right? How this goes, that goes. But I, I think there's a shot that this one shoots out. I think the Bengals are throwing the ball regardless. I think the number 47. I think that number's pretty spot on. But I had a great read on the Rams-Cardinals under last week, which is one of my winners. And I feel the same type of thing going into this one with the over 47 in that game. And then the last one for me is going to be Packers team total over. And that's 26 and a half. This team has scored 30 points basically every other game this season. Um, I, I do respect San Fran's D, but honestly I don't think they're going to stop them too much. Aaron Rodgers coming in fresh to the playoffs, coming in just grind mode. I mean, I mean, they're here to win a championship and I think a convincing win in their first one will do it. And I kind of see the game script playing that way. So over team total 26 and a half and those are mine. And we'll go to who came in second place last week. That is uh Jake Alley, the, don't put your board. finger up, but hey, he put up his one no, finger one. for his one win. <laughs> it's the one, this is the one that I got. You went I, one and two. Last. It was close. It was close.
0: I will say, I, well, I mean, the Dallas game, I had Dallas minus three. And then the other one was the eat was having Eagles in the best bet was complete homer move. Uh, that's kind of an embarrassing <laughs> thing to have on too. the record. Uh, I well, Look, <laughs> Matt and I are true diehards. You can take that hat off, Kyle. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but this week. I'm going to go back to another under as my best bet, and I referenced it when we were talking about the game. Kansas City, uh, Buffalo under 54 and a half points, and I know on the face it looks like a game that uh, would seem to be a shootout or or a potential shootout, and a lot of bettors thought so. This one opened up at over under 52, so it's risen... uh, two points, or, or I guess 52 and a half, excuse me. It's risen two points. And just on that fact alone, uh, it points me towards the under. You're, you're getting implicit. You're getting closing line value. Um, and I, as we mentioned about the running game, like that's going to be, I think, where the game uh, goes for Buffalo. And if they are able to get up early, they're going to try and control the game, shorten the game. And that all points to the under. So I'm going to hold my nose and take under 54 and a half in that one. I'm going to take another under, this time a player prop, going over to Cincy uh, against Tennessee, that being Julio Jones. I couldn't even imagine if you told me four years ago, hey, you're going to be taking a Julio Jones receiving (laughs) under. That wouldn't have felt very good. (laughs) It still doesn't feel great, but if you look over this year, the number is 43 and a half. Based on that number, he's only gone over in the 10 games that he did play this year four times in 10 games, 60% of the time we're winning the bet. Uh, You win 60% of your bets and you're a very profitable better. So we're going to take Julio under 43 and a half. Hope the run game takes over. My last bet uh, feels another gross one, but I I like the number Niners plus six. Matt, you said DVOA loves the team. I still, I I predicted the Packers are going to win. It's I'm trying to middle here. I think the Niners are going to play. A Very close, tough game. Um, both teams are, are kind of well matched, so that that's what I have. And again, my best bet being the Kansas City Buffalo under 54 and a half,
1: right? We kind of anti correlated our third bets there with my Packers over and your uh 49ers. But what I will yeah. say and respect Jake for this, uh, all episode he's been talking about the Rams, and he's not going to be a full loser, he had to keep <laughs> him out of the bets, which I respect. <laughs> you know, like, it could have been a really bad uh, where they play Saturday night, like Jake could have lost his. Futures bet his bet on the show he could have lost his fandom i mean we could have went three for three rams but you hedged it jay that's good i'm gonna start hedging against it so like (laughs) i
0: I considered hedging uh and like betting cardinals money line just to like get my bet size back and very glad i did not do that the Cardinals got
1: correct all right matt bounce back week what do you got
2: it's gotta be i had a couple i had two near misses and then one that wasn't that was the homer pick um uh, I really like a couple of bets this week. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Uh, maybe fade me if you want to do that. <laughs> well,
1: the question is, did you like your picks last week?
2: I loved the Mac Jones pick. That's the that one bad I really love. That's a bad that's,
0: beat because yeah. of game script. That's a, You You got good closing line value. The, the well, total Matt, is good.
2: Good. Matt is more confident, it sounds yep. like, going into yeah. this week. So that, that's fine. So, Let's hear him. So... I got a couple simple ones. My best bet is Tampa minus three over uh, the Rams. I really think this line should be like five or six, five and a half ish. I really am very confident that the Bucs and Tom Brady win this game. It they're just it just like we said in the preview, it just makes sense that they win this game to me. I I think they win pretty handily. I think they probably take a big lead early, which comes to my second bet, which is that. There will be a lead higher than 14.5 points in the Rams-Tampa game, and not only does that go along with that's plus 100 odds, so basically a little better than even odds, because um, most of the time you get like minus 110, um, and that covers me a little bit. Say like the Rams take a like a 17 nothing lead or something early, it covers me the other way as well. So it's a it's a hedge and not a hedge at the same time, but um, it's, it's probably my least favorite bet of the week of the three because I also really love Cincinnati plus three and a half over Tennessee. I really think this is going to be – I really think since he's a better team than Tennessee, and I really think if Tennessee wins, it's going to be really close and they win by like a field goal. So I, yeah. I love that half point that they're giving me with Cincinnati. Huge. Uh, so so uh, my favorite bet is Tampa minus three. Second favorite is Cincinnati plus three and a half. And I like there will be a lead higher than 14 and a half points in the Tampa uh, Rams game.
1: That's an interesting one, too, because you said you're not as confident, but the reasoning was solid. Like You see see the game script going that way and you see a backup on that, obviously, if the Rams go the opposite way. So that could end up being your sharpest pick, too, Mm -hmm. if it hits. So I, I like it, Matt.
2: Kyle. If it hits, it's my it's, it's the one I felt the most confident about. That's what we'll All right, man.
1: <laughs> there we go. And which one was your best bet, Kyle? Uh, the Kelsey anytime touchdown. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Well, these will be out on social media, and we'll implore everyone to follow or fade. Or fade. If you fade, let us know. That'll be great content. I mean, that's Make awesome. sure
1: you put my 3-0 uh, and o next to my name on social media. <laughs> yeah, we'll to sure. Oh, there.
0: before we move on, I actually do have one. This is outside of the NFL. But this is not – this is like – I'm not like beyond locks. Like there's been locks that I've given out before. This might be the lock of my life. Wow. Francis Ngannou plus 122 money line against Cyril Gane in the UFC 270 main event. Oh, we talked on my, uh, the podcast that I do for BeckQL. uh, we had on John Anik, the voice of the UFC. And he said that a big reason why the line is the way it is is a lot of people uh, value the technicality of Cyril Gon. Technique is all well and good until you have someone who touches you and can end your consciousness in the blink of an eye, which is Francis Ngannou. I, like, I look, maybe maybe Cyril Gon survives for five rounds and keeps his distance. I I'm gonna take Francis Ngannou plus money against pretty much any human on Earth anytime you give it to me. So.
1: What's the uh, what's the saying? Everyone thinks they can fight until they get punched in the mouth. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face, Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. and and of course, Cyril Grayson can fight. We know that, but you make a good point with Naganu. So, yeah. didn't think we could be getting a UFC bet, but we appreciate that. Of <laughs> course, that Jake in there talked about the podcast. <laughs> I would have bring that up. He knows what he's talking about, guys. He knows what he's talking about, and hopefully, we know what we're talking about with our bets this week. But with that being said, that is it for this episode of Straight Facts, presented by Up on Game and iHeart Media. Shout out you guys. Shout out Jake Trooper. I mean, if you didn't tell us that you had COVID, I wouldn't even have known. I don't think the viewers would have known. You came on and you killed it. Matt, as always, appreciate that. And for James Jackson at home, I am Kyle Sirik, and these have been the facts. Straight up.